0: Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash athlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about unilateral and bilateral training for both performance and rehabilitation. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts, with our crew of PT and strength coaches, the ones that like to participate in podcasts. We have more, but... (laughs) <laughs> Some people are shy, right? Just kind of keep that in mind. We'll throw that out there for social media. But yes, this is part of our crew on social media. We have a very large group of diverse people at our facility. It's amazing. But I'm here today. I got Lenny Macrina, DeWesh Podel, Mike Scaduto, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, and Lisa Russell. I'm getting good at that, by the way. That's getting like... Is that a bird? It's getting, it's getting fast over there, right? But, um, but anyway, we are here answering your questions. Head to micro.com Click on that podcast link uh, to ask us some questions. Be sure to subscribe to us on on iTunes and Spotify. So we keep doing it. Len, who do we have for students today? I, I feel like is it is it Gates right now? The question, or is it Jonathan? I, I don't know. Jonathan's going to. I know. Did,
1: uh- did Brendan just like alpha into with Jonathan? But no, <laughs> this uh, is yeah,
0: this is the anti Katie, right? <laughs> Katie was definitely like sit back, boys, right? And these two right. now are like, like, they're, they're like, I like it, this is good.
2: Lax bros, Brendan, is just Bre- Bre-
1: Brendan's trying to like Lax get in bros. there, uh, and take over. We got Jonathan Sandberg who, uh, is a goes to and he's got the uh, the polo, the stripe polo on the right there. John, Jonathan, say hello, say hello. There it is. Okay, good. We have Brendan Gates from Duke University, and we also have Katie Kathleen Stone from UNLV Running Rebels. That's Rebels. still the nickname, right? The Running Rebels? She, can, yeah, she can't hear me. She can't hear She's just sitting there. She no. looks
0: good just sitting there. She's just posing. Yeah. I like that. That's yes. good. She's a, she's is that a, a statue? Is that, is that a
1: cardboard <laughs>
0: cutout? It's <Katie>? <laughs> like a <laughs> fan <laughs> cutout. Yeah, she paid for her seat. <laughs> that, that, that is pretty awesome. Uh, Jonathan, what do we got for a question today, my man?
2: So Steve from Michigan asks, I still hear a lot about unilateral exercises being more functional than bilateral exercises. Do you think bilateral exercises are not as functional or helpful to perform? Is there a, is there a place for both?
0: Mike Boyle has the chat. <laughs> I like it. I know. Right. We got to be careful <laughs> with that. Right. Um, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Great question, Steve. I like it. Jonathan. Way to go, man. That was a good question. I'm really impressed. Well read. That was, that was well awesome. Read. That, was, that was well read. Credit where credit due, my man. Uh, but yeah, so unilateral versus bilateral. We, we, we get this question from time to time and it comes up. What I liked about how Steve presented it, though, is that how unilateral is more functional and more so the second half of that question that's implying that bilateral is not functional and i think that's the interesting topic so um, interesting anybody do anything with know, both legs i today? know <laughs>
1: i know when i when i get off the, when, when i get off the toilet i get off at one leg so it's, i only Still do squat. single leg i only do single leg squats in my in my life cuz that's,
0: that's I, all i, I am I'm, I'm seeing a viral Instagram challenge, right? <laughs> that, that's like that, that one of we need the squatty you, potty, the pistol <laughs> potty. Can you get off the toilet with just one foot? I like that. Um, yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, we definitely. I mean, we're we're reciprocal animals, right? We uh, we we reciprocate our extremities quite a bit, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to kind of hear. So, you know, from our approach at Champion, right? I, I do think at Champion, our approach to, to performance training and even our therapy concepts is geared a lot towards function and optimizing people and enhancing their performance. So to us, this is a good question to us, right? Because I feel that way. So Dwesh, I'm going to throw it at you for this, you know, for this beginning of this question. And I, obviously, I want to hear your thoughts on the question and the challenge. But as as probably one of the performance centers in the country that cares more about like full athleticism and optimizing function and stuff like that you know at one of those those centers Do we perform bilateral exercises?
3: (laughs) Yes, we do. All right,
0: great episode, Steve. Thanks so much for the question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we perform bilateral. So let me. So when you're doing a program for someone, do we like, like, like does that ever come up in your mind? And do we ever? How do you uh, uh, approach the concept of
3: function and bilateral training? Yeah, so I think function has to be specific also, right? Meaning specific to the sport and the goal. So if I have a field sport athlete, core sport athlete that clearly does a lot of their athletic movements on a single leg, like running, jumping, sprinting, all that stuff, right, they probably do need a little bit more of a unilateral emphasis on their training at certain times a year, right? That does not mean that bilateral is no longer functional for them. It just means that maybe I give them a little bit less of a dosage of bilateral stuff at a certain time of the year, right? But then now you flip the coin on the other side, you say, all right, I have a powerlifter, an Olympic weightlifter, right? And we do have people that come in that want to do that as their sport. Their main functional movement is a bilateral squat or deadlift or clean or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So like they have to be a little bit more heavy on the bilateral movement, but they do get a small dosage of unilateral stuff so that we can continue to work on just keeping general athleticism there, um, keeping movement variability high so that we can, you know, learn to move and control triplanar. So like the that. answer is both.
0: I like that. Right. And it was quite, I mean, the answer is almost always going to be both, but I think that's a great, Uh, it's a great start to this question here is that figure out the tasks that are specific for the individual and what's unique for them and make sure you're, you're training the tasks that are specific to them. If you want to be truly functional, you have to include those things. So I think we all agree that a lot of people need unilateral training. I think we all agree that a lot of people need bilateral training. So let me throw this question to the group. Then now at this point is saying, um, um, you know, is, is there a place for doing bilateral in a unilateral athlete? And I don't even know what that means because we're all, you know what I mean? But let's, let's say somebody that's like a field based athlete that's running around. Um, what, why would working on bilateral strength
3: be a benefit for this person? What do you think, Dewey? Yeah. So the way that I see it is, you know, we, we always start from like the general end to build the engine, so, if we, if we put an emphasis on bilateral training, let's say, for example, squats, deadlifts, whatever variation of that movement it is, um, you know, we build the ability to produce a little bit more force through a bilateral stance, right? And we teach our body to kind of stack everything together and have control in sagittal plane, right? So, a lot, for a lot of beginners and even more advanced athletes, I always say, like, if you own the sagittal plane, you'll have better possible competency in the frontal plane, transverse plane. Right. So bilateral movements tend to be more sagittal. So you own sagittal plane, you're probably going to have a better, um, like, better outcome or output potential for unilateral and for frontal plane, rotational plane. Um, So that's like one end that I think of um, as far as like why we would emphasize bilateral training. And then the other aspect is produce high levels of force. You have a bigger engine so that you can, when you put, emphasis on unilateral stuff, potentially have greater output.
0: Right. Makes sense. And, and, and I think a good thing that, that DeWes just highlighted, I think that was really cool. Is that how unilateral training can benefit bilateral performance and bilateral training can benefit unilateral performance. And I think we have to kind of keep that in mind um, for, for, I don't know, other people in the crowd, like, is there a benefit for just saying, even in somebody that's, uh, you know, such a field-based person that needs unilateral stuff, is there a benefit of just saying that we do bilateral just for pure load, pure tension, pure strength gains. Right. And then, and then carry that over to unilateral. Like to me, that seems like an obvious reason to use it. Right. Um, What do you guys think? Maybe like, maybe Dan or even Dave or something like with, with some of your backgrounds with this stuff. What do you think, Dan? I think you'd be a good person to answer that. Like the use of even in somebody that requires a lot of unilateral agility is just the benefit of bilateral strength. Like what does that
4: do for your Mm -hmm. athletes? Well, I think, um, for bilateral movement, you can kind of recruit a lot of muscle fibers very quickly, right? Um, Especially we're trying to go for speed as well as load. We're just recruiting a lot all at once. Um, You see that a ton in sport, right? When we're trying to be powerful, we have to do that. I think the other piece is that even if you're playing a field sport or a court sport, you'll see athletes when they cut, if it's a very aggressive cut, oftentimes it's with two legs, right? Where you're pushing off of two legs when you're jumping, Um, I think that sometimes we're discounting that these athletes need to use two feet at the same time for a lot of the tasks that are important for the sport, especially for super, super high level tasks, right? So if one leg is not going to do the job, you might have to plant with both legs and change directions. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be beneficial because you're teaching people how to produce force very quickly, you know, get all those muscle fibers on board really fast with a high load. So it mimics a lot of things in sport. Plus we need to work with two legs sometimes, you know, that's actually functional for a lot of parts of those sports.
3: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What's up, Dewey? Yeah. Dan, Dan just reminded me of something. So uh, I think one important thing at this point too, is um, a lot of times when we think of unilateral versus bi- bilateral, I think a lot of people think like a squat and then like a lunge or you split squat or, you know, some sort of split pelvis position. Uh, to me, there's also like the other end of it, which is, true unilateral training, meaning like a pure single leg squat or a pure single leg RDL. And then the stuff in between, that's your split pelvis, like a split stance RDL or RFE split squat. Right. And I think like using all three within that spectrum of bilateral split pelvis and true unilateral, um, the combination of all three of those is probably going to, you know, make you have, um, you know, better athleticism, like Dan's kind of mentioning with like, um, planting with two feet on a cut, right. That's probably going to be more beneficial from like a split pelvis position, you know, stuff of that nature. So just keeping in mind that all three are to be
0: thought of. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, and I I think the the part that cracks me up when somebody talks about like a lunge, a split squat, like a rear foot elevated, something like that, how they consider that unilateral quite a bit. And maybe this is because we work with some rehabbers too sometimes, but like tell somebody with uh, patellar tendinopathy, you know if their rear leg's working during a rear foot elevated <laughs> split squat and when they have excruciating pain on their patellar tendon like there's i mean most of these unilateral drills that we're doing with a split squat stance like a split pelvis position like like duess just kind of said is um you're using a considerable amount of force and strength on your rear leg too it is not it is not just a forward leg type drill. Right. I mean, I don't, that seems kind of obvious to me. So um, I don't know what anybody else have any thoughts. And, and what I would kind of ask maybe for the rehab crowd from a rehab perspective is how do we approach bilateral versus unilateral in somebody that's like post-operative or an injury or something like that. Anyone want to jump Dave, you, you got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I was going to kind of say, sometimes we're we're intentionally going the opposite direction from d- like trying to load bilateral first, because we want to take weight bearing off of someone's leg, right? So sometimes I think that people can't tolerate single leg exercises when they're like a the tissue or a graft or a surgery or an injury is just not really like able to feel like comfortable with all that weight on one leg. So there's a lot of times when we're intentionally putting someone on a force plate and saying like, make sure it's 50-50 or make sure it's a certain amount of weight. So I think it's an interesting kind of like angle you're coming at it from a performance side or not, because sometimes you might just be really limited in somebody's ability to tolerate some of those single leg stuff. So We'll do kettlebell deadlifts and goblet squats and regular squats for a, a pretty like a full six week cycle just because of the the tissue itself can't handle it. And then we increase the single leg. And it's the same thing with plyometrics, right? Like we almost always start somebody on double legged pogo hops and scissor hops because it's not as much force overload and then you work your way to single leg. So I think it's all about, as Dan often says, like it's all about the context and the goals of the athlete and kind of where they're coming from. It's not about just trying to pick all the exercises you want to do right away. That's great.
0: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, I, I, could, I, I could. That's a good way of saying oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm okay, t- I'm just say I think that's a good way. Sorry. I'm a dad are fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I, I almost, well, in my head, I see a lot of ACL patients. So I'm systemizing more or less what I'm doing, right? I don't have to reinvent the wheel every time a new ACL patient comes in. So the first four weeks is going to be basic stuff, right? Table stuff, range of motion, get the knee to calm down. After four, six weeks after an ACL, I'm doing the bilateral stuff. I'm initiating a gobbler squat, I'm beginning to do a kettlebell deadlift. So two legged stuff. To because I know that they're going to have to shift to the good side to at least uh, feel better about doing the exercise. But after about a month or six weeks, I intentionally my next program after the two legged stuff is intentionally single leg stuff because they can handle it. a single leg squat or step down whatever you want to call it. Uh, maybe a single leg RDL. Um, I- I'm intentionally adding that into the program because now I feel that they can now better isolate, obviously on that side, on the ACL side, but. Leading up to that, they were doing four to six weeks of a bilateral movement to help them unweight to the other side. But it's all kind of built in. That's how my ACL programs kind of all run. And then after that, now I'm seeing how they're doing, how they're progressing. I'm testing them a little. Um, and I'm, now I'm going to increase capacity. Right. So now I want to do heavy, heavy. Right. I'm going to do really, uh, really. This is where the, the meat of it comes in is really getting heavier So probably doing some kind of uh, front squat or back squat. So a two-legged movement is coming back into the program, but they're also going to be doing single leg stuff mixed in as well. So it's a kind of turns into a hybrid program after that.
0: And what a great way right there, like that we demonstrated how, unilateral athlete, athletes can use bilateral strength to just get load, right? Let's get after a squat, like heavy, a deadlift heavy, and then see some carryover to some of our single leg training. That's a great way. But then wh- what a great flip right there, you know, from Lenny, you know, kind of saying like, look, somebody has isolated weakness in one leg. Let's make sure we're we're drilling that isolated unilateral training for that one person to address their specific weakness. So again, you can see like, context, like Dave said, and Dan said, you know, the context of what they need to use it in is, is, uh, is super important. So, um, I, you know, I think that's a great episode right there. Like, where if you actually try to like summarize, like a little bit of, of the benefits and like everything else, like we got to use both. Right. I think that's, I think that's the key here. Do we said it really well at the beginning, there's a time to do more of one versus the other for almost every person. But look, as humans, as long as we're going to you know, reciprocate and we're also going to do bilateral stuff, then you should probably train it that way. So uh, so good question, good answers. I appreciate it. Again, if you have more questions, head to MikeRonald.com. Click on that podcast link. Be sure to go to iTunes, Spotify, rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast.